Hello, good afternoon. It is March 13 and we are on Proverbs 13. Um, it's, it's so hard to choose which aspects to talk about because there's so much good in the whole thing. Um, I am going to start at the end and then move my way back. And I can't do, of course, every single verse, but I'm trying to lump together some topics to um, talk about and to look at. Um, I'm going to start with verse 24. <sighs> he that spareth his rod hateth his son. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness this has not been popular at least since the 70s which is the decade i was born in i remember being a child and hearing people talk about oh dr spock various writers of the time talk about how it was not good to spank your child but I'm going to tell you that, I'm gonna tell you a couple things about this. First of all, I'm going to tell you that um, the rod is actually defined as, um, man, I, I forgot, I, I keep forgetting my dictionaries on this device I'm streaming from. But the rod is, you know, <laughs> It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a rod. <laughs> and I really hate that. I hate that for this generation. I hate it for parents. I hate it for every way, but it is what it is. But I'm going to tell you that chastening means discipline or correction. And so there are ways to chasten your child that does not involve a physical rod. But I'm also going to tell you that it is highly inappropriate if you believe this Bible is your source for finding God, for following God, to ignore this. And to, it is very inappropriate to say that it is wrong to spank your children. <sighs> this is here and it's here multiple times. This isn't the only time it's in the Bible. I'm going to tell you that there are more ways to discipline and correct your child than spanking. But I'm going to tell you that if you say that it is not correct to spank your child, then you do not believe this book. You're not allowed to cherry pick verses. And I'm going to say that I have seen many times people dislike their children because they've not taught their children by swift consequence how to behave. Parents who think children are naturally good <laughs> often dislike their child. 
I'm not saying it's 100% across the board, but I'm telling you that children that are enjoyable to be around, their parents have constantly used discipline and correction. Now, when I was raising Morgan and Madison, I found it, I found the quickest way to get Morgan and Madison in a position where people liked them rather than disliked them. And the people being myself, their father, their teachers, uh, Sunday school and school, and even their friends. The fastest way to get my child to a point where people liked being around them was a spanking. The fastest. Now, if we were at home and we had some time, then there were other forms of discipline and correction. Okay? Chastening. There were other forms of discipline and correction than straight to a spanking. But the consistency, the need to be to do this discipline and correction takes a, a long time. And if you are in a situation where you are fostering a child, then you have got to use these non-spanking techniques. And it takes a long time to do it. And um, because I believe in obeying the law of the land and there are some countries where it is illegal to spank your child, then you still have to implement discipline and correction. Now, we happen to live in a country that it is not against the law to properly spank your child. And so I'm going to tell you that the quickest way to get to a place where you like your child is to implement a spanking on the buttocks. I believe... <laughs> <laughs> I believe that the fatty tissue of the buttocks, there are no organs in there. There are no, um, th there, <laughs> there is no long-term damage that can come from spanking the fatty tissue of your child's buttocks. <laughs> now, as a as a nearly 50-year-old woman who has not dealt out a spanking for a couple decades here, this is uh, uh, funny to talk about to me. But when I was spanking Morgan or Madison, this is exactly what I did. I never, ever, ever slapped my child across the face. I find it absolutely abusive to hit a child in the face. I find it demeaning. Of course, you know, it is um, humiliating to also get a spanking on your buttocks. Um, but he that spareth his rod hateth his child, his son. He that spareth, that means holds back his rod, hateth his son. Now, but he that loveth him, chasteneth him betimes. Betimes means often. This is how you get a child to become an adult that you enjoy spending time with. You teach that child to be likable. If a child is likable, a parent has done, has disciplined and corrected that 
human often. Okay, so it is not okay to to just hit a kid anywhere, to kick a kid, to smack a kid. That is not okay. This is a description of a a parent that is in control of the situation. I believe <laughs> that the best use of a child's backside <laughs> besides learning the discipline and the habit of sitting still is when you need to correct a child, when a child needs to suffer a consequence, a smack on the backside is the best, fastest way to do that. And I'm going to tell you as a child of God, do not say that it is wrong to spank a child. It is not wrong. You cannot cherry pick the Bible. This is talking about a physical staff. Now, I never used a stick to spank my child. I, I did use a, um, like a, a spatula, not a metal, but one of those, um, I, I don't, you know, like a, like a, a wooden one or, or a, a plastic one. And I want to also say that I did this both with, spankings and with my children's medicines. I tasted their medicine first to see how bad it tasted. And I also swat myself on the leg before I spanked them because I wanted to make sure I was merely delivering a sting of consequence. I was not beating the child. I always smacked my leg before I smacked the child's bottom. And I absolutely kept my my spankings to the fatty tissue of their backside. And I, I believe smacking a child across the face is incorrect, inappropriate. And I personally have found it abusive looking. Ben, I, but I do believe you need to spank your child. You do not need to say that it is wrong and bad to spank your child. There is a way to spank your child. And if you didn't grow up seeing it done properly, then you might think it's abuse because there are people who hit their ch children in an abusive way. But when you very purposefully spank a child on his backside and even the top of his thighs, there are, and again, I want to point out, there is nothing about the fatty tissue of a bottom or the top of a thigh that is going to do anything but sting that child. There are no vital organs in there. There are no teeth in there. There, it, it's, it, it's almost like God created it. <laughs> All right. But it is what it is. You need to discipline and correct your child often. Betimes mean often. Okay. Now let's go to the top. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. A scorner heareth not his heareth not rebuke. Okay. If you're a wise son, you're going to hear your father's instruction. Why are you going to do that? Because you're, you know, that if you don't from the time they are toddlers, when my children were toddlers, they learned that this was a consequence when they were toddlers, they weren't even able to speak words and they knew that a sting was going to be attached to disobeying me. We called it booty camp. And we would deliberately, we would, oh my goodness, I, I, I wish I had more time to talk about child training. We would deliberately 
set out an object that they weren't allowed to have along with an object that they were allowed to have. And when they reached for an object they weren't allowed to have, I would thump their knuckle. And they would know, oh, I'm not supposed to have that. And they would go and get the thing they were allowed to have. And that was called training. In the same way you send soldiers to boot camp to train for how to behave when they are in those situations, that's what I did with my babies. Pass this along to a parent who needs, who has a baby. You, when, as soon as that baby starts, starts displaying that they know how to make a choice, you start displaying the consequence of making a bad choice. That's how this works. That's how discipline and correction works. And if you do that, if you watch the last video I did, I talked about um, waiting till they're too old to start this. You got a big problems on, problem on your hand if you wait till they're too old to start doing this. Start doing this before they can even talk. As soon as they're old enough to display choice. I'm going to tell you how early I started. Now with Morgan, she was my first, and I did not start showing her the sting of correction. And I, I'm not talking about a spanking in this point. I am talking about the sting of correction. So Morgan, I nursed Morgan and Madison. Morgan bit through me. And I, I don't want to get any more graphic than to say I was nursing Morgan. And her first two teeth bit right through me. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do about that. She wasn't trying to bite through me. She was teething. And it was soothing to her gums to, to numb, okay, to, to do that chewing action. Well, I didn't know what to do about her. And so I, she bit through me twice. Morgan bit through me twice. And, and most moms would have said, well, that's enough for me. I'm not going to nurse her anymore. But I, I wanted to nurse Morgan till she was, you know, through, I, I wanted to nurse her till she was three, maybe even into age four because I was that much of a hippie. But, um, so I didn't know what to do about it. I healed twice and nursed through twice being sliced right through like a razor, quite frankly, twice. So by the time I got Matteo, uh, Morgan was 18 months old when Madison was born. I, I stopped nursing Morgan four months before Madison was born, okay? So by the time I got Matteo, I read a book called Train Up a Child. Uh, oh my word, the author's name just left my head. Pearl, last name is Pearl. Mike and Debbie Pearl, woohoo! I read to train up a child between Morgan and Madison. And she said that if a child bites you while you're nursing, they need a consequence. They need to know when I do this, there is a consequence. And so she said, just tug their hair a little. Let them feel the sting of their hair being pulled. And so that was the consequence that I did with Matteo. The first time he even hinted of biting me, <laughs> I tugged his hair and had no problems. Absolutely no problems. So that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean how early to start. I don't mean spanking them with a, a tool, but I mean allowing the child to see there is a consequence. So when they were as young as Matteo nursing, um, however old they are when they start getting teeth, um, I, I they suffered the consequence of me tugging their hair. Um, and 
when they were older, old enough to scoot around and grab things that I didn't want them to grab, as soon as their hand was big enough to grab something I didn't want them to grab, I did not remove the thing from their reach. That is not training a child. That is that is training. Yeah, it is training a child. It's training that child that the environment will change for them. It is not teaching that child to change their behavior for the environment. And your child needs to learn to change their behavior for the environment. That is what your child needs to learn. Okay. So when my children were old enough, you know, one, eight months, seven months, as soon as they're old enough to start reaching for a thing that I don't want them to have, there's two things that you do. You keep that thing they're not allowed to have within their grasp and you add something that they are allowed to have. Not allowed to have, are allowed to have. You put something they are allowed to have within their grasp. And when they reach for the thing they're not allowed to have, I thumped their hand. And now if it was Morgan, that child would keep reaching for it and I'd thump her hand and take it out and show her she's allowed to have this one. And this was for Morgan, it could last 30 minutes or more. She was so stubborn. Oh my word, she was so strong-willed. Matteo, one thump and he was absolutely getting what he was allowed to have and he would ignore this like the plague. Morgan loved the plague. (laughs) Morgan loved the plague. So... Anyway, that's how you train a child when they are that young, five months old, eight months old. As soon as they're old enough to make a choice about what they grasp, you as the parent take the time. If you love that child, he that loves that child disciplines and corrects him often. If you love that child, don't remove what is in incon- what you don't want them to have. Leave it there and add what they are allowed to have and start training them to make a good choice as early as as their hands are learning to grab things. That's when you start training up a child the way he should go. All right. And he's going to be wise hearing his father's instruction because that's all he's known to do from the time he was born. But a scorner hears not a rebuke. Okay. I want to go ahead and connect this down to verse 18, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. You do not want your child living a life of poverty and shame. But if you do not train that child from the time that he is born, if you don't correct them and discipline them, then the outcome is going to be that they do not hear instruction And the outcome is going to be poverty and shame because they refuse instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Do you want poverty and shame for your child? Or do you want your child to grow up and be a person of honor? Reproof, rebuke, chastening, discipline, correction. That is the way and that is the path to your kid living a life of honor. Please share this with a parent of a young child. Share this with a pregnant mama. They need to know how early this starts. Please, please, 
please share this with a parent of a small child. The younger, the better. The younger, the better. All right. Um, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. So, <laughs> my word, this is amazing. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. But the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. They're going to consume the sadness that comes from violence. A transgressor is a treacherous person, a deceitful person, a faithless person. A person who is deceitful and who is not faithful, they're going to eat violence. Everything that comes into their life is going to be that that is the outcome of violence. Which, of course, when you think about violence, that is nothing but sorrow. That is nothing but pain and and agony and, oh my goodness, the soul of a transgressor eats violence. A man shall eat good. How is a man going to eat good? By the fruit of his mouth. How you speak is going to determine if you have a good life, if what you consume is good. He that keepeth his mouth, keepeth means guards, holds back. He that keepeth his mouth, keepeth his life. If you watch what you say, if you do not spout off everything that comes to your mind, guard what comes out of your mouth, and that's how you protect your life. He that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Because everything we think does not need to come out of our mouths. The word soul means life of a person, seat of appetites, the seat of, of what you crave, seat of emotions, the activity of your mind, your will, and your character. Let me call Star back in. I'm sorry. The activity of your mind or character. And so the soul of the transgressor is what's going to eat violence. The seed of your appetite, the seed of your emotions, the activity of your mind eating violence. And then coming down here, um, the soul of the sluggard. <laughs> the soul of the sluggard. The sluggard is a lazy person. The soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing. So now we're talking about how hard we work here. The soul of a sluggard or a lazy person has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The diligent, a diligent, the, dil, the word diligent means strict decision, a strict decision. And it further means a trench or a moat. Now, a trench, if you've ever seen someone lay, um, lay in pipe for plumbing, they have to dig a trench to do that. And it's these, 
a trench is this long path that you dig into the earth. A moat is that if you've ever seen a picture of a castle and you see that water around the castle, that's a moat. And that is a deliberately dug a trench, a very wide trench that holds water for the purpose of keeping the enemy from breaching the walls of a castle. So when you think about how your daily life should be, if you want to be abundant, when it says the soul of the diligent shall be made fat, it's talking about, um, we're, we're not talking about a body being fat. We're talking about a soul being fat. So we're talking about an abundant inner life and a a full, a complete, a satisfied inner life, the activity of the mind, will, or character. To get to that point, you've got to make some strict decisions and strict decisions that is hard to accomplish. If you've ever dug a hole, digging is hard work. You sweat, you get thirsty, you get out of breath. To dig a trench or a moat is difficult work. But it's in this difficult, strict decision type of lifestyle that gives you an abundant soul. Gives you a, a fat soul. <laughs> a soul that has need of nothing. The activity of the mind, the will, or the character. Ah, a righteous man hateth lying. This goes in line with with being deceitful. A transgressor is deceitful, but a righteous person does not like deceit. A wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Righteousness keeps him that is upright in the way. Wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. So this is talking, and and you can go, this ties into verse 8. The ransom of a rich man's life are his riches. But the poor heareth not rebuke. So, the poor heareth not rebuke. This ties into a scorner hears not rebuke. A scorner, somebody who refuses to be rebuked, hears not a rebuke. Um, the, the, the same person ends up poor. Why do they end up poor? Because hearing rebuke, which is correction, is, is how you learn to do things better. And if you don't learn to work better, work harder, be diligent, then you're going to end up poor. You're going to end up in poverty. That's the outcome of not hearing rebuke and doing things better. Insisting your own way. Oh, my goodness. So... The person that makes himself rich yet has nothing. This is this is constantly working. You make enough money to be able to satisfy your needs. But because you've not listened to the instruction, 
to um, budget your money, to be diligent in how you handle things. Because you've not listened to instruction, you end up with nothing, even though you're making enough money. You're, you, you're making yourself rich, but you have nothing because you're not listening to the rebuke, the correction, or the discipline that is required. The ransom of a man's life are his riches. This is a person who's been kidnapped by, uh, by money. Um, you're, you're not able to, to enjoy life because you're held captive by your riches. Um, okay. Only by pride cometh contention. The thing that causes people to argue, to have fights all the time, this is verse 10. The thing that causes a person to have contention is pride. It is possible to lower your pride and lower your argument rate. But as long as you are living by pride, you're going to have contention. With the well-advised is wisdom. The opposite of pride and contention is somebody who will listen when there is an opposite word. Contention comes by somebody have a differing, having a differing opinion than you. And because they have a differing opinion, you're not listening. And it is in that pride of you thinking you do not have to listen that you cause contention. But the well-advised, with the well-advised is wisdom. The well-advised means you listen to the other opinion. It doesn't mean you necessarily take the other opinion, but you're well-advised because you listen. A person who is well-advised is not prideful because they are listening to instruction. But a scorner heareth not. Um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope is is what you have expectation about. You you have an expectation for something, so you hope for it. And deferred means it's dragged along to drag along. It means it's taking a long time to get here and it can make the heart or the inner man, the mind, the will, it can make the inner man sick. But when the desire cometh, the desire is the longing of one's heart. That's your expectation. When the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So the way that you have your hope or your expectations met more quickly and to know that you're not hoping for something against the will of God is to make sure you have the law of the wise, make sure you have good understanding, make sure you are prudent and that you're dealing with knowledge. And the way you know all of these things are coming to pass is that you are hearing instruction, hearing instruction. He that regardeth reproof shall be honored. He that walketh with a wise man shall be wise. So I'm going to end by reminding us that if you are not a parent of a small child, you are the spiritual child of someone. 
your spiritual father, your spiritual mother, and therefore you need to hear their instruction because only in hearing that spiritual instruction are you going to end up with having a fountain of life, with finding favor, with having knowledge, all of these good things that come through the whole book of Proverbs. Uh, I'm going to end with this one little phrase right here. Build your wealth. There is nothing wrong with building your wealth. The love of money is the root of all evil. But a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Look out for your money. Budget your money. Build your wealth and leave an inheritance for your children's children. God bless. Thanks for joining me today.